Pastor John welcome you to our service and wishing you a happy and blessed New Year. We all know we can starve our bodies, but did you know you can starve your soul as well? In today's sermon, the first of our new year, we'll share how you can make sure your soul is nourished and healthy. So let's join the service now and see what scripture has to say about feeding your soul. Happy New Year. All right. It's my honor to share the pulpit with my brother, Zach, this morning. I'm going to ask you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 2. We're going to be looking briefly at verses 8 through chapter 3, verse 3. While you're, while you're turning, let me ask something. Has anybody here had anything to eat today? Raise your hand. Some of you have. Have, have those of you that have not had anything to eat today, are you planning on eating today? Raise your hand. Because I had something to eat today, and I am planning on eating today. And if you're not planning on eating today, uh, is there anybody left? <laughs> Maybe you're going to eat tomorrow. Eating's kind of important. I mean, we have to put nutrients in our body to strengthen it. Uh, we, we have to take in liquids so that we can survive. And with, without those nutrients, without those liquids, we just waste away. Matter of fact, you can go for about three days without food or water uh, before serious ramifications begin to set in. So we, we do a good job, some of us a little better than others, of feeding our bodies. Amen? What about your soul? What do you do to nourish your soul? What do you do to strengthen it? Today's sermon is going to be read and pray. And I promise you, you, know, you all understand the read part, I'm sure. But the pray part is going to be a little bit different than what you're accustomed to. Now, here at Warrington Bible Fellowship, we set our theme for the year on the first Sunday of the year. Um, I love it when it comes on the first. Our theme for the year is going to be read and pray. Read and pray. So here's what Scripture says about itself and how it nourishes us. In Jeremiah 15, 16, it says, if anybody has ever received an email from my wife, Kelly, uh, you'll see this in her byline. Uh, your words were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. The Lord, your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. First Peter chapter 1, verse 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. The word of the Lord is pure spiritual milk, that by it we may grow. John 6, verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. It is the Spirit who gives life. There is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So the word of God is nourishment. It helps us to grow. It brings life to us. It sustains us. Not only does it help us to grow, but it keeps us from, from stagnating. 
We can get anchored in our faith. Sometimes we run into that, don't we? Sometimes we run into dry periods in our faith where we feel like we're not growing. We feel like we're not close to God. The Word of God is designed to to bolster that. It also protects us. It protects us from many things, primarily from false teaching. Helps us in our sanctification. But some of us, brothers and sisters, I'm here this morning to tell you, some of us are starving ourselves. Some of us are starving our souls. So here we are in the 21st century. Everything's moving along so fast. We're all busy. We've got hectic schedules. What do we do? What do we do about our souls? What do we do about feeding and nourishing our souls? We're going to look at two vital elements in that today. Uh, to our, vital elements to our spiritual health, to our spiritual growth. And both of these can be a bit of a challenge, but there's something that if, if we work together, this is something that we can do together as well. And here they are. There, read the Word and pray the Word. Now, this takes us back to our passage in Ezekiel. Uh, and I, I know what some of you are thinking already. You know, I've tried. It's boring. I, I, I can't get through it. Some of you are, are doing it every day. Some of you are doing it as a duty. I want you to be able to do it as a strengthening of your soul, as a lifting of your spirit. So listen to what, what God says to Ezekiel. Verse 8, chapter 2. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, Ezekiel says, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back. Sounds a little bit like a Bible, doesn't it? And they were written on it, words of lamentation and mourning and woe. Now I want you to listen to this. He has this scroll that's filled with lamentation and mourning and woe. Sounds like trouble, doesn't it? And then chapter 3, verse 1, And he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, Ezekiel says, and he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. Words of lamentation and woe, as sweet as honey. So the encouragement is to read the word. It'll fill your belly. It'll fill your spiritual need. And it is as sweet as honey. Now, when he talks about it being as sweet as honey, he's talking about the entire word of God. Not just our favorite parts. Not just the verse you have hanging on your wall at home but the full counsel of the Word of God. And let me tell you something about, about honey. It energizes us. If you remember the story between uh, Jonathan and Saul in 1 Samuel 14, verse 27, Jonathan eats some honey. Saul had told everybody they were going to fast, they weren't going to do anything. Jonathan eats some honey. But the, the important thing about that passage is it says that it brightened his eyes. You could just see his eyes glowing. There's energy there. There's, there's comfort there. And the Word of God can make your eyes bright in the same way. It can brighten your soul. So here's a question. 
how, how do we make this part of our day? How do we make this part of our normal routine? The first thing we have to do is we have to decide to do it. We have to decide that we're going to read the Word of God every day. Somebody came to me quite some time ago, and this is where this started. And I, I was at a conference, and I walked in the room. This guy's sitting there, and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm reading my Bible. I said, oh, yeah, what are you reading? He said, I'm reading in Amos. I couldn't find the book. <laughs> I had to go, yeah, you ever have one of those times where you got to go to the table of contents? Okay, here it is over here. <laughs> and I looked at it, and I realized that I, I didn't remember ever reading it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there with him, and he said, so, you know, where are you in your reading? I'm Amos right now. <laughs> and I said, so, what do you do? He said, I read the Bible every day. I said, how do you do that? And he looked at me, and, well, I started Genesis, and then I finished at Revelation. I went, oh, oh, that's a good way to do it, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know that I've read every book in the Bible, and the only way I can know for sure was with, if I started at the beginning and read it all the way through the end. But the task seemed too daunting to me. I mean, look how big they are. Even if you've got it on an electronic file, it takes you years to scroll through it, doesn't it? Okay? You know, when you're trying to find your favorite verse. <laughs> so I, I said, well, what do you do then? Well, I start over again. Well, how long have you been doing this? He said, eight years. I thought, my gosh, that's a lot of Bible reading. How many times you got to read through the Bible before you get it? A lot. <laughs> a lot. So you have to decide that if you're going to do this, that you've got to find a way to incorporate it in your schedule. you got to make it a priority. And, and then, then we have some guidelines. Now, we've got a handout, and, and we've got enough to give every family one. If you'll put up your hands, we're going to give you a handout. And I get the deacons to help me here. This has got a series of guidelines on it, a series of Bible reading plans, a few tips. A lot of the information that I'm going to share with you in the next 20 minutes or so is going to be right in there. And, and uh, I spoke with Pastor Zach uh, if, if you're online and you would like part of this handout, we're happy to email it to you. Uh, you can contact Pastor Zach, send me an email, we'll send this to you. So there's a couple of Bible reading plans in here. Now, there, there's all sorts of plans on the internet you can find, but this is kind of all in one place here. So there's the chapter a day plan. It's where you pick up your Bible and you read one chapter each day. It's going to take you about three years to get through your Bible. It's okay. There's no rush. Uh, I like the 52-week plan uh, where you start at the beginning and in one year you go through the entire Bible. It's easier for me to follow it that way. There's a chronological plan in there which presents the events in the Bible in the chronological order that they occurred. That's kind of interesting. And then there's a read-through-at-your-own-pace plan. Uh, so if, if you're new to daily Bible reading, uh, I recommend that you take the plan that looks the easiest to you and adopt that into your schedule. Uh, now, if you're a veteran, if you're a veteran and brave, there's a plan called the Professor Grant Horner's Reading Plan. I didn't put that in there because it's a lot of pages. It's 10 chapters a day. And by the end of September, you will have read through the entire Bible. You will have read through the book of Acts eight times. You would have gone through Psalms twice. Uh, 
the, the uh, Gospels four times. Uh, it's an ambitious plan, uh, but, and, and Kelly's been able to do that one. I, I did it one time. I don't have the, the bravery to do it again. <laughs> Uh, but it, it, it's a very involved plan, and what you'll find out in Grant Horner's plan is how the books of the Bible harmonize with each other and how they complement each other. It's an incredible plan. So we're going to publish the 52-week plan in the Monday Minutes, so every Monday you'll get a list of, of books that you can be reading through uh, if you're following the 52-week plan. Now, let me, let me give you a couple of, of tips on how you can make this work. Number one, just say a short prayer before you read. Every time you pick up your Bible, there should be some sort of prayer. Father, speak to me. Uh, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my heart. Just a short prayer to prepare your heart to receive the Word of God. Now, my strong suggestion is if you're going to do this, try and start your day with it. Now, when I first started doing this, I had to get up an extra half hour earlier. I know for some of you that's quite a chore, but let me tell you something. There are eternal benefits to this. So my mind is clear once I've got up and, and been able to open my eyes a little bit. My mind is clear. I'm able to absorb it. And there are no distractions. Uh, you know that how easy it is to get distracted by your phone or by your email or a text or something. So... Let me just strongly suggest to you that you start your day by picking up your Bible and doing the reading for that day. Let the very first thing that your heart hears is the Word of God. And I would also suggest to end your day with it. Now, you know, some of us go to sleep pretty quickly, uh, but ending your day with a little bit of Scripture, part of your reading plan, uh, is a fantastic way to start your day. The first voice you hear, the last voice you hear at the end of the day. And if you find your mind wandering, what, have you ever had that problem when you're reading the Bible? Your mind's going somewhere else? You're sitting there looking, well, I didn't really pay much attention to the last two paragraphs. Start reading aloud. You can't help but concentrate on it. You hear your own voice, and you walk yourself through, through the passage. So there are other things you can do, though. I like to listen to Scripture in my car. I used to listen to praise and worship music. Um, and then I went to WTOP. Anybody familiar with that station? Where you hear the same news every 15 minutes? You know, I used to be when I, would, when I would go into town, into Fairfax or into D.C., I would put on WTOP and about an hour in and I'm going, why am I listening to this? They say the same thing every 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, they have the movie rundown at the, uh, the bottom of the hour. Okay. Listen to Scripture. Get Bible on a CD. Uh, you know, if you pair your phone to your car, pick up one of the apps we're going to talk about. Listen to Scripture while you're in your car. Listen to something that will edify and nourish you rather than something that will depress you. I don't need any more news. I don't know about you. But listen to it in your car. Listen to it while you're, you do your workouts. Listen to it while you're doing your chores. Fill your mind with Scripture. And let, let me just challenge you with this. If you have a favorite game or a favorite TV show, anybody got those? You don't have to put your hand. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. We got one honest man here. <laughs> if you've got a favorite activity, take a little bit of time out of that activity and give it to your Father in heaven. 
You know, I'll tell myself, oh, I need to relax. I need to, I need to occupy my mind. But I got to tell you something else. I've been doing the Bible reading since 2008. And now it's become such a part of my day. And I pray this becomes part of your day as well. That I feel empty when I'm not reading it. I feel empty when I allow my day to start. And I haven't started it with the word of God. I pray that you experience that emptiness. Because that's nothing more than the Holy Spirit saying, have you read your Bible yet? You know, we had a guy on staff here some time ago, a young guy. And uh, he came to me, because I'm, you know, WBF people tell you, I'm always talking about read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. So he walked into my office one Monday morning. He said, I'm tired. I'm tired about hearing read your Bible. There's more to the Christian walk than reading your Bible. I said, oh, you know, you're absolutely right. Have you read your Bible today? No. I said, read your Bible. So that's conviction. You know, and I feel it when I haven't read the Bible. I pray, I pray that the Lord blesses you, that the Spirit blesses you with that same conviction. So take part of your day that's devoted to something other than God and give it to him. We're talking about 10 or 15 minutes, folks. 10 or 15 minutes. Here's a, here, here's, here. The other thing that I'm going to ask you to do, don't study. you got time for study later on. But the, the goal of this day, daily Bible reading is not to study the Bible. If you run across something you don't understand, if you run across a word that doesn't make any sense to you, highlight it, underline it, go back later. But do not stop in your reading to, to do the deeper study. There's time for that. You're reading to become familiar with the scriptures. And the more you read them, the more familiar you will be with them. And let me tell you something. The more you read them, the more familiar you are with them. The easier it's going to be when you hear Pastor Zach or me say something and you go, that's not in the Bible. I mean, you're supposed to hold us accountable, Right? And we're supposed to be able to discern the teaching. Now, we've got good teaching in both churches here, but there's a lot of bad teaching out there. How do you know when it's bad teaching? You've got to know your scriptures. If you don't know the scriptures, you become a victim of somebody that can be very convincing. So you're reading for familiarity. Don't study. Go back and study. So here's another few suggestions. Get yourself a partner or two. Don't, don't form a big group. It doesn't work. But if you've got one or two people that you're doing your reading with, you can hold each other accountable. You can talk to each other about it. You can call. You can text each other. You can email each other. Uh, maybe there's somebody in your house. So sign up for version. That's, that's an app. If you don't already have it, it's at Bible.com on the Internet. Uh, you can get a Dwell account. I really like Dwell. Of course, you have to pay for Dwell. Uh, that's at DwellApp.io. Uh, and you can share this with other people. You can participate. Make it a small group. Start, start today. Don't say I'm going to start tomorrow. Start today. Go, go. When you get out in your car, get ready to go home, take five minutes and read the scripture. If you think you're too busy in the morning, this is what I've done with, with men that I've discipled. Oh, I got, you know, I got to get up at 4 a.m. I got to be with the carpool at 4.30. I'm with a bunch of people going down 66, blah, 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 blah. Okay? Put your Bible 
with your keys, and before you walk out the door, read one verse. I mean, if, if, if you feel like you don't have time to do this, just read one verse. And I will guarantee you that you'll walk into that car going, what did that verse say? I, I, wonder, what, uh, I wonder what the next verse says. And, and if, if you're diligent, if, if, if you honor God in your time and the way you spend it, then he will honor you by giving you a hunger and a thirst for righteousness that wasn't there before. And the only way you're going to satisfy that is diving into the word of God. So start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, start your day out with it. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Now once you start reading your Bible, then we can start talking about praying. You begin to allow the Word of God to guide your prayers. Let me talk to you about praying for just a moment. What would you do if you had an appointment to see the President of the United States? I know what some of you are thinking. But what you would do, seriously, if you got a phone call and said the President would like you down in the Oval Office tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, you'd be thinking about it, wouldn't you? You'd be preparing. What am I going to say? Whether it's favorable, whatever. You know, we don't get into politics of the situation, but it would be on your mind. You would want to call your friends and say, you know what, I'm going to see the president tomorrow. And then when you got there, you would be keenly aware of what he had to say. Amen? Whether you agreed or not, you'd want to know what he had to say, right? So you'd want to have something prepared so that you didn't embarrass yourself in front of the President of the United States. So you not only would be keen to hear what he had to say, but you'd be very keen at what you said yourself. You would want to be heard. And you would want to speak in a manner that he would understand. And the big question is, What would you do with that moment? Prayer, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to the Lord over every king and president that ever existed. Prayer is talking to the creator of the universe. Prayer is talking to the one who formed you in the womb. Do you want to be prepared for that? I mean, we kind of, oh, Lord, you know, Aunt Millie's dog is lost. Would you find him, please? Nothing wrong with that prayer. But as you utter it, do you understand that you are communing with the one that you will spend eternity with? You are communing with the one who sacrificed his son so that you could have that moment of communion. Prayer is communing with the one that you are united with by the work that he did on the cross. So we, we, we should be able to, to go to the, the Lord. Yeah, you know something? If you stop to think about it, frequently we pray the same things the same way all the time. I know the prayers change. What changes are the verbs and the nouns? But frequently, if we're honest with ourselves, when we go to God, we kind of give him a list of things we'd like him to do today. 
And, and, and you know, listen to me carefully. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a bad prayer. But is there a possibility that there's something deeper? Is, there, is, is it even remotely possible that there's something in prayer that God intends to use to draw us closer to him, to conform us to his image, to be able to pray and praise back to him the words that he's given to us? God has given us his word. It is his self-revelation. And, and some of you have heard this before. If you're reading your Bible to find out about yourselves, you're going to miss a whole lot about what God has to say about himself and about his plan for redemption for his children. God's intention is to bring glory to himself through our transformation. So God knows this. He knows that sometimes our prayers can be a little bit shallow. Sometimes they can be a little bit self-centered. Without some help, our prayers will be mostly about ourselves or other people. So he's given us his, his word not only to reveal himself to us, but to show us how to pray to him. Watch this. Here's an example. How many of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Okay? So let's just go through this a little bit at a time here and show you how it can be absolutely God-focused. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. Not my Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. I'm, I'm united with each one of you. He's our Father. And he's not only our Father. He's not only the one that brings us together. He's not only the one that has sacrificed himself for us. He is in heaven, and he has authority in heaven and earth. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed and holy be your name. Lord, may your name be revered. May your name be holy. May your name be expressed in everything that I do today. May the world see your holiness through me. Your kingdom come. Let your kingdom manifest itself, not just around me, but in me and through me. May your kingdom manifest itself in me today and come pouring from me. Your will be done. Lord, I have a will. And there are things that I'd like to see here, but I want to put that on the altar and surrender it completely to you. May that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in all of its perfection. Recognizing that you have authority and dominion over everything in all creation. May your will be done in my life today. Give us this day our daily bread. Feed us, Lord. Take care of our material needs and our material desires, Father. But most of all, give us that that we need in our souls to be conformed to your image, to be drawn unto you. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Make us into forgiving people, Father. Remove any impediment that might stand between you and me and the communion that I need so desperately with you. And help me to forgive those who have offended me, Father. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, let me be aware of your presence. Let me be aware of the convicting function of your Holy Spirit, Father. When I start wandering off the path, 
bring me back, bring me back into a focus with you, bring me back into a revered holiness for who you are, and let that manifest itself in my life today. You see that prayer? Only had one, one request about me. Give me some bread. Jesus said what? He is the bread of life. Give me some Jesus today. It'll get me through my day. So the next time you read the Lord's Prayer, take it into your heart. Savor it. Let it nourish your soul like sweet honey. Now, this whole idea works exceptionally well with the Psalms. Psalms are God's word written to us. They're songs of worship. The Psalms are God's method of saying, here's how you worship me. Here's how you approach me. So so he's given them to us so that we can say them back to him. They're his instructions for how we bow down before him. And they can be used as a guide for our prayers. Let's take a look at one. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 130. Frequently we go to God when our heart is in distress. Amen? When our circumstances are not very favorable. Amen? Listen to this, what the psalmist says. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. My heart is broken. I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. I don't understand everything that's going on around me. It doesn't make any sense. I I feel like... There's a burden upon me. So out of the depths, I cry to you. Oh, Lord, hear my voice, Lord. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Lord, I'm asking for help. Lord, I need you right now. I can't work through this myself. May your ears be attentive. May you hear what I have to say. If you, oh, Lord, should mark iniquities, oh, Lord, who can stand? I know I'm not perfect. And I confess that to you right now, Father. I know that I've done things that would hinder the communion with you that I need. No one can stand. So we depend on your mercy. We depend on your grace. But with you, there is forgiveness. Praise God. Praise God that there is forgiveness, that you may be feared, that people may revere you, that people may see me and see how much I depend upon you and realize you are holy and powerful and amazing. I wait for you, O Lord. My soul waits. So much for urgency in the prayers, amen? I wait for you. My soul waits. My hunger, my my soul hungers for your presence. I have an empty spot inside me that only you can fill. And in this word, I hope, in your word, Father, in the full counsel of your word, I place my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Lord, I know those watchmen that stand there all night long. That's a long, lonely night. And my soul's waiting for you to fill that night. Waiting for the dawn to come. That the light may come. That I can see. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Father, bless your church. Bless me as I'm part of your church. Let your redemption, let the offer of your redemption be a reflection in us and through us 
that the others might be redeemed as well. So, is that encouraging? Okay, for two of you, that's encouraging. That's good. Let's do a little exercise. Now, I want to recognize that we're here in a sanctuary, and it's a little bit awkward, but, but don't let it interfere with what the Lord's doing. Just so you can get a feel of this for yourselves, um, turn to Psalm 31. Now, if you don't have a Bible, grab one, because you're going to want one. And if you can, maybe you'll share with the person next to you. Turn to Psalm 31. And I'm going to wait until everybody has their Bible open. I have no plans for this afternoon. <laughs> Focus on God in heaven. Then what I want you to do is silently between you and the Lord, read this psalm line by line. I want you, don't start yet. I know a lot of you are eager. Think about what you're reading. Think about how what you're reading might bring you into a deeper relationship with your Father. This is prayer. This is communion with your Creator. It's a sacred time. It's a holy time. It's a time for the Spirit of God to move in your hearts. So what is he bringing to mind? Where is he taking you? Are you going to, and here's the crucial question, Are you going to go with his agenda or yours? Because I know when I start praying, I got things I want to pray for. And there are frequently times when I'm doing what you're doing right now that I'll go, well, wait a minute, God, I got something I got to tell you. Okay? So foolishly, I allow myself to do that. It's not productive. Are you going to go with his agenda or yours? And think about this. Is it more important for you to hear what God is saying or for him to hear what you're saying. So if you find your mind wandering towards those needs that you have, it's okay. It's okay if, you know, if, if somebody is sick, if somebody has a deep spiritual need, it's okay to wander over there and ask for that. Uh, but allow the word of God to guide your prayer. Allow the Word of God to take your heart into the area that God wants you to go rather than the area that you want to go. So I'm going to give you three minutes to do this. Psalm 31, 1 through 5.
Father, I pray that by the presence and power of your spirit, as you move among us, Father, you would seal up these good things, create in our hearts a hunger and a thirst for your word, for your presence. Father, for that communion with you that we need so desperately. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've got, I've got a couple copies of Donald Whitney's book here called Praying the Bible. Um, Zach, would you help me with this? If you will raise your hand and want a copy of this, you're welcome to one. We've got about 10 copies here. Guys, I'm expecting to see more hands. I got 10 books here. All right. Thank you, Ben. So what do we do with this? You know, we've already gone over the method. Take a few moments each day to read and pray. This will change your prayers a little bit, maybe. Read the whole Bible. It's a lifelong pursuit. You can never get quite enough of it. I used, to have, I used to have a hard time with the genealogies. You ever have that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I can't say these names. And so we, we, had, we had a guy who just got saved several years ago, and he came to me, and we were doing a Bible reading together. He and I were going through the chronological reading. And he said, John, what do you do with the genealogies? I went, oh, i got to tell you something. I, I kind of skimmed through them. He went, Really? Yeah, he said, well, I figure God put him there for a reason, so I read him out loud. I was so convicted. I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. God did put him there for a reason. So you start reading the genealogies, and you start seeing stories. There's a list of names. I recognize that name. You know, after you've been through your Bible a couple times, you go, hey, that's that guy from over there. This is this girl from over here. Look who's in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You know, it's not a bunch of perfect holy people. It's a bunch of people that were struggling. It's a bunch of people that struggled with sin and were able to receive forgiveness. So read the whole Bible. It's a lifelong pursuit. Pray the Bible. They're God's words to us to give back to him. And if you don't, brothers and sisters, if you don't do this, you are starving yourself. You are starving yourself. Now, Zach and I have had a lot of talks and His heart's desire and my heart's desire is to equip you to get through your week. That's what we're talking about here. You know, we've got to eternalize, but somehow we've got to exist on this planet and be a reflection of who Christ is to the people around us. How do we do that? We need to know who he is. We're being conformed to his image. What does he look like? It's all there in the word of God. And if you don't spend time in it, you're starving your soul. Nurture your soul. Care for your soul. Feed it. Your soul is the only thing that you will take with you when you go to heaven, brothers and sisters. None of this other stuff goes with you. I said a couple weeks ago, we're not going to get up and go, hey, where's all my stuff? It's going to be you and God. So he's giving you the tools right now to equip your soul, to nourish it, to make it healthy, and for you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. 
At this time, we're going to take communion together, which is so great for us to be able to display our oneness with Christ and our oneness with one another. Um, thank you, Warrington Bible Fellowship, for letting us join you this morning. Um, I think this is such a great opportunity for us to say, hey, we do service a little different, right? Uh, we have some similarities, differences. We each have our own quirks, I'm sure, right? But there is one thing that unites us, and that's the blood of Christ and what he has done on the cross for us. And so if you are a Christian, if you're a brother or sister uh, in the Lord, and you believe in the Lord Jesus that he died on the cross for your sins, and that he rose again victoriously on the third day, over Satan's sin and death, then you are a child of God and communion is for you. This is a family meal. And so as you go back, on the left will be the juice and then on the right will be the wine. Uh, and then if for gluten-free, there's a pre-packaged uh, communion for you with gluten-free bread inside of that. Uh, so as you go, uh, go and then bring back to your, uh, to, to your pews and we'll eat together as a family.
Brothers and sisters, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Take and eat the body of Christ. And in like manner, he took the cup, pouring it out. He said, this is the new covenant, which is in my blood. Take and drink, and as often as you do, Proclaim my death until I come again. Take and drink the blood of Christ. Amen. Would you all stand for the benediction? From Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Before I send you with this word, it's been a joy to worship with all of you here. Those who have joined us online. So glad to have you all here this morning. As you go, go with this word, Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Now, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. You were sent. Pastor John back here again. If you are blessed by the service, let me ask you to do us a favor. Would you click on the like button below that little thumbs up? If you're listening on sermon audio, perhaps you can comment or even share the sermon with someone else. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at WBFVA. We're on the World Wide Web at WBFVA.org. Let us know if you'd like us to pray for you. If you'd like to support us financially, you can make donations through our website at wbfva.org. Just click on giving. You'll receive a tax-deductible receipt at the end of the year. Either way, we would love to hear from you or even have you visit us in person one Sunday. We meet at 46 Winchester Street in downtown Warrington, Virginia at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And now, may God bless you richly until we gather again.